Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I have been extremely intrigued this last couple of days on change because the conversations that I've been having with other people and just things that God has just been allowing to cross my path, the blaring predominant lesson that has been just so clear has been change. And so I felt it so heavy on my heart just to talk about change and process and all things tied together just to get it off of me, but more so just kind of pick your brain about it. So when you think of change, what's the first animal, insect, what have you that comes to mind? I'll give you a second. Oh, you said it already. Yes, butterfly. So... (laughs) I told you the last couple of days, um, I don't know what's been going on. God's been giving me this incredible lessons through like the animal kingdom. And I'm just like, okay, you know, we talked about the lions and then we talked about snakes and I'm just like, cool. I mean, I could have learned all this when I was younger, when we went through the field trips and the circus, but you know what? That's fine. Um, I'll just go through the zoo virtually and you'll just show me something to talk about each time. So, and I just want to give kind of like a background. So I had literally three conversations back to back that I was just like, oh my goodness. I had one, spoke to one young woman. It was just amazing to hear that she was still going through and being affected by some traumatic, um, just abusive relationships that she was in in the past. And so she asked me, you know, why is it that I'm still carrying some of that? And what God had me told her blew my mind. I simply just told her, I said, you know, you left the house of the abuse but you still housed the abuse. And that just, again, brought to my mind that so often we think that change is leaving a situation, leaving a person. You know, when I leave my mother's house, I'm never going to. But we don't shed the elements of what actually affected us because no one shows us how. As a matter of fact, no one really shows us how to escape it effectively. We just know that, listen, this is getting bad. We have to leave one way or another, right? I spoke to, and I think I told you this, I spoke to someone else and he was telling me that he was having issues with, you know, his mother and um, just talking about the things that she did in the past. And so I had to kind of show him and shape how to look at that different. And then I just had a recent conversation right before calling you where I spoke to someone who was just coming into the stage of really knowing herself. And she's like, oh, my goodness, along the way of life, people have told me, um, you know, that I am manipulative or, you know, something that was just things that I just didn't want to hear about myself and I would just kind of brush that off and be like no if I'm that then you are you know she took offense to it but what I told her in that moment is change cannot stand on the platform of falsehood you absolutely positively need to get to the grit and the dirty and the grime part of you and say okay this is who I am and there is a clear disconnection sometimes it's kind of dysmorphed if you will between who you actually are and who you think you are or who you would like to become sometimes those are two complete you know polar opposites rather and so with speaking with her you know just hearing oh my goodness I'm manipulative you know that has such a negative connotation to it that she wasn't receiving it but what it actually was is she really desired for peace to occur 
So she knew how to orchestrate people and get them to talk, even if they didn't feel like talking. She was doing things with a great intent. But when you zoomed out, it was still the basis of manipulation. And so it was just on my heart to just say, you know, I feel like people sometimes stray away from all things change because we believe that some point or another change is this exhausting it's the equivalent to making a dentist appointment. You know you have to, but you don't want to. I mean, just the thought of it kind of scares you, and you're just kind of, you know, putting it off as long as you can. You're trying to hit the snooze button on change, you know, for as long as it would allow you to, and then you just get to this place I feel like God gets you to where he corners you, and he says, change or remain the same, but the time is now. The time is absolutely now. And so I felt like at no fault of our own, we have a misconception on change, but it's all around us. Like when we come out, you know, as the infant, you know, we change into different phases. And that what, whatever your name is, right, let's just make up a name. Let's just say Amy, right? Amy as an infant has different stages in her life. She was once the Amy that had no teeth. She was once the Amy who couldn't sit up. She was once the Amy who could not crawl. She was once the Amy who could not walk. She was once the Amy who couldn't color inside the lines. She was the Amy who couldn't sing her alphabets. She was the Amy. And so what I'm getting at is, although the essence of you never changes, her eye color will probably stay the same. Her hair color will stay the same. Her skin tone for the most part will stay the same. Her name will stay the same. But within the framework of Amy, there will still be some changes within her. And if she does not adapt to, okay, this is the new stage of me, she will then hinder her future and her ultimate growth. So if uh, toddler Amy decided, I never want to change my shoes again, then teenage Amy's going to have a hard time. And I bought up shoes before, right? If whatever stage that you're in, if you just decide, you know what, I want to just stay right here. I like this. You, it, it, that's such a disservice because you tell yourself, I no longer want to grow and everything around you shows you no growth has to happen. We see it in seasons. We see it in days of the week. We see it in time on our clocks and on our phones. Like change is something that it, I don't want it to be looked at as, oh my goodness, it's inevitable, but it has to be looked at as I need to adjust with this particular stage. You don't wear your winter clothes in the summertime and vice versa. You don't still, there's just certain things that if you tried to hold on to it, it was sick in you. And so that is the essence and that should be the fuel behind wanting to change. If I was to wear this wool coat in the mix of the heat index of 99 degrees, I will make myself sick, not yielding to the change. And that is how change needs to be observed. That's how we need to start looking at things and say, you know what? I am not going to buck the system and try to prevent the process. I am going to go with it. It doesn't have to be the tidal wave of, I feel like I'm being washed away and kind of just, I don't know where I'm going to go. And there's all this scariness to it. It has to be, no, some adjustments need to be made in the change realm or my future is on the line. I can actually remain stagnant and miss out on future blessings of, of all sorts. And I can't afford that. 
And so I went ahead and, like I said about the butterfly, which is super intrigued because anything process and change, I'd like to get a different perspective on it. So I went to monarchwatch.org, and it said that butterflies and moths undergo complete metamorphosis in which there are four distinct stages. It's the egg. It's when they have larva, or when that's the caterpillar stage. And then it's pulpa, and then adult. And the monarch stage uh, development from the egg to the adult is about 30 days. So I was like, wait a minute. They go to four different stages of completeness in 30 days? Now, here God is, is just trying to get you to change your mindset from last year, and you're struggling with that. The caterpillar, butterfly, that whole process to becoming a butterfly, it changes four different stages in 30 days. And then I, I was like, okay, well, let me just go a little bit further, because as we know, Sometimes the adjustment happens externally before it happens internally, right? You have to have a failed relationship to see, oh my goodness, I don't put myself first. You have to have some type of strain and another friendship for you to see, you know what? I have a problem with not speaking my mind. You have to then see other people relate to their parents to see, hmm, I have a dysfunctional family. Wait a minute. And the external starts to show you, hey, listen, something needs to happen on the inside, okay? And so I went ahead and looked up some more stuff, again, on monarch.org. And it says the process from butterfly or egg to butterfly is weather dependent and also depends on the regional climate. So it can take about four weeks in the peak of the summertime and in warmer climates. And then the egg takes five to ten days as the larva or caterpillar. Um, and then that stage takes about 10 to 14 days. So ultimately, it could be longer or shorter depending on the weather. And so I said, oh, my goodness, I feel like in that stage, in the human essence, the weather is contingent on our mindset. That last conversation that I was having with one of my friends, um, I said to her, so what are you going to do? You know, what's your, what's your approach? How are you getting ready? Because you already know what to do. You can't say I don't know what to do because God literally, he will get the message to you. He will, you will start to hear stuff on the radio and just, oh, oh my goodness, confirmation, confirmation. But what confirmation really means is you knew what to do and for some reason you have not put it into play yet. So God's going to send it again until you get the lesson to, okay, I need to go ahead and do this. And so I asked, okay, what are you going to do? And I could already hear in her tone that she was not ready for the change. So I asked, what's your kryptonite? What is the thing that's preventing you from going the extra step to do what needs to be done? And her thing was, and I loved, loved the authenticness in this. Her thing was, I'm not sure if I'll be able to up, uphold it. I'm not sure that this new way of putting myself first, if I would be able to continue to be that way because she was struggling with being a people pleaser. And I said, yo, first step, I just want to give a, a hand clap of praise. That was amazing for you to even admit. For you to admit that I, I want to, but I don't know in and of myself if I can. Because I think that if we're all honest and, and you know, really looked in the mirror, we've dealt with that. 
you know that relationship should, should have ended a long time ago, but when he calls you or when she calls you, you like, ah, I don't know if, if, I, if I have the enough strength enough not to answer that phone. Thank God for the block button now. Because prior to that, some of us were just victim to our own situations. Some of us try to go ahead and change the name in the phone, don't answer, you know, bad news, the devil, whatever you need to change their name to. And that still doesn't work. Then you figure, okay, I'm going to tell my friends. And then once I let them know, I'll be too embarrassed to go back. So you tell them I'm not messing with such and such no more. And then you go through this whole crusade. And then now you find yourself sneaking around trying to talk to such and such because now you feel stupid. And so, if we're honest, we knew that job, you, you were supposed to leave that job a long time ago. But you so concerned about how much money you're going to be getting and you're not going to be getting a direct deposit every two weeks. And so, you have surpassed a long time ago your welcome and your assignment at that job. You knew from the time that such and such asked you, hey, can I come and visit? You knew that family member and you were going to bump heads. I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, why'd you even allow that to happen? So, if we're, and you probably said in your head, nope, because if she called me again, she can't spend a night, and mm-mm, because I'm going to just go ahead. And as soon as they called you with a little bit of the crocodile tear, you're like, but how long? How long? You could justify that in your mind, but you knew on the onset, I, this was supposed to not happen. I don't even know. And then you get upset with yourself, right? You're like, ah, oh, why I let him back in? Why I let her come visit? How come? I told, I wasn't going to let such and such borrow no more money. And then here I go again. You know what? I said if such and such asked me for another car ride that I was going to be brave enough this time to say you can, but you need gas this time. And then here I am gasless in Seattle. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? If we're really honest, we've struggled with that because I think that we all have a level of wanting to please people. But it becomes a prison when you disregard what it is that you truly feel and what's your truth it was never intended for you to care about people so much that you abused yourself that was never the intent the golden rule remains treat people the way that you want to be treated it does not say treat people to the detriment of mistreating yourself did you get that And I think a lot of us, especially the good-hearted people, you want to be a good person, quote-unquote, whatever that means in your head. Whether it's always being accessible to someone, always being a listening ear, always meeting someone's need. If they come up short, always, always, always. And what it really truly is, is you want people, you want to be for people what someone failed to be for you. If you're really honest with yourself, the reason why you rush around to go meet such and such as need and make sure that they have and, ooh, how much are you short and you need a place to stay and blah, blah, because somewhere in your time life of the journey of your life, someone let you down and was not there. And so you have became for someone else what you felt like you needed at one point or another. And the huge difference is you became that person's clutch where if you had that, that would have simply been your help at that time. You are no longer a help. You have become a crutch. Meaning this person has no desire to learn how to walk. It just feels good to lean on you. You see what I'm saying? You are the, okay, let me answer the phone. And I know I'm not supposed to answer the phone for such and such because you feel like, 
for some reason, we do this weird thing where we think our heart and our intentions is reflected or mirrored on the other end of the phone. Meaning you feel like you look at the name and you feel the googly feelings and you're like, oh, but I miss such and such and all of that. And what you're not really realizing is that person doesn't feel like that toward you. This is seriously a two o'clock in the morning phone call by happenstance. Not because I've been thinking about you all day. Not because of anything that's going through your heart. Like, I know, and I couldn't eat because I was thinking. No, that's not true. Because let me explain something to you. When you know what you have, it doesn't take two o'clock in the morning for you to realize it. Hmm? When you know what you have, it doesn't take for an argument and for things to go bad and for it to be threatened. I'm, I'm leaving and all these other different things for you to realize. Halt. I now know what I have. I would like to then have another chance to, no, that's not how that goes. You don't risk losing something or having something, you know, changed in a negative capacity to then realize, oh, I see the value in this. No, that's not true. When something is fragile, it's handled fragilely. When something is valued in your life, you handle it with value. Anything. It really is either black or white. Either you value it or you don't. Either it's a sensitive matter to you and you treat it with a delicacy or you don't. It really is that simple. There is no gray area in how you treat a person. Either you really want them in your life or you don't. And how you can tell, you don't need to speak nothing. I don't want to hear what you have to say at 2 o'clock in the morning. I want to know how you treated me these last two years. I want to be able to look back on the real time of what you've done and be able to say, what do I believe more? This two o'clock in the morning phone call or what I've seen you do in real time these last couple of months, this last couple of weeks. You know, then you start singing the Sunshine Anderson. I heard it all before. That's why it gets apologies get boring after a while because you can already, you know exactly what they want to say, what they're going to say. As a matter of fact, when they're saying it, you're rolling your eyes like, I know, you're sorry, you just don't know, and you're dumb because I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. And you're kind of going through it like, yeah, 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 I get it. But actually, you don't. Because not only does change take a process with, with us, it takes a process with the people on the other side. And ultimately what change is doing is we are doing a dual training of two different entities. We are refocusing on ourselves and redefining, okay, what is it that I stand for? Who am I? And you start to get a whole like, okay, I'm just fine tuning this stage of me, right? I'm still the same person, same outskirts. The outline of me is still the same. It's just, you know, I just got to adjust some of this and redefine and fine tune what's going on with, within the insides. And as you're doing that on the opposite spectrum of it, you are then te teaching people, this is how you treat me. You know, at one point, believe it or not, I was a curseaholic, right? My mother was a sailor. My grandmother was a sailor. I come from a strong line of sailors, right? And so, I mean, it literally got so bad to a point, I'm going to just go ahead and be unveiled because I know this is a judgment-free phone call. But it got to the point that when I was a teenager, I cursed in church. And I was like, okay, yeah, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, but that didn't shock me enough to, you know, not want to curse. It was just like, oh, I got to, you know, because... When you're younger and you practice in your sailorhood, you're able to cut it off, you know, in front of grandma, 
in front of the teacher. Wait, mommy's coming in the room. You could be on the phone midway and then, you know, just swoop it all together like, nope, go ahead, because somebody of authority is in, in place, right? And then I just got to a point that I didn't want to live like that no more. I didn't want to live this very two-sided life where my language had to be different. my The way I carried myself had to be different according to who's around. No, I wanted to be the same whether I saw President Obama because he's my forever president. Have a nice day. So if I saw President Obama, if I saw a pastor, whomever, or if I saw a teacher or if I saw my son, I just I didn't want it to be this. Oh, I didn't see. Oh, OK. No, I wanted to be the same because it's so much easier wherever I went so if I wouldn't if I felt embarrassed and listening to this type of music in front of whomever if I needed to turn it down because whoever was you know somebody of some kind of authority was in a car with me then maybe I should really either a identify do I really want to align myself with this kind of music or b I needed to really stand in the fact that this is the music that I like and I'm this is going to be the the music that I play regardless of who's around and I'm not going to be embarrassed to do it and so when I made that change of, no, I'm not cursing, period, right? I'm not going to, I think the last dwindling effect was um, I just wouldn't curse around my kids. No, we're not doing that. We're just not going to curse at all. And so what I found was as I stopped speaking that way, people stopped cursing around me. Or if they did curse around me, they would go, oh, I'm sorry. And without me making this big decoration of like, hey, listen, Hear thee, hear thee. There will be no profanity. You know, I didn't have to read from no kingdom scroll. I didn't have to do any of that. I simply made a change within myself. I then stood in that changed. I carried myself authentically in that changed. And I changed and people around me followed suit. And that is the essence of changing. It is not trying to hide the parts of you for as long as you can and hoping I think we treat change like I'm gonna hold my breath for as long as I can and hopefully I can still live that way what no no you're going to get really acclimated with oh okay this is the new me another thing about me I went vegetarian, like cold turkey, saw this documentary on Netflix and was just like, yeah, I'm over it. Um, I feel like you're going to ask me the name of the documentary. I think it was, um, it was the man in the blender kind of, I know that was the picture of it, but I think it was something along the lines of, um, He's being sick of eating or something to that degree. I probably have to tell you in another phone call. But I saw some stuff on there that I was just like, mm, I can't eat. Not another. I can't. And for three solid years, I literally went to my freezer, dumped every piece of what looked like an animal. I, every Everything was in a plastic bag. Have a nice day. I wasted that day. Sorry, God. And went to my children and was like, hear thee, hear thee. Okay, um, we are getting ready to be vegetarians because, and they were like, what about French fries? What about nuggets? What about McDonald's? I was like, listen, okay, I, I'll make you McDonald's at home from tofu, okay? You know, we just listen. Y'all just be quiet, sit back. Y'all kids, you don't got, you don't got no real jobs yet. I, I, you, you're going to eat what I put on the table. Have a nice day. But I wanted to make it enjoyable, but at the end of the day, you're going to eat what I put on the table. Have a nice day. So, Say all that to say, I literally 
stood in that like I was like super strict because once I get a part of something I'm like Mm-mm, everybody I had people trying stuff that they were like mm, this is pretty good I almost prided myself to say and you can't even tell it's not you know vegetarian talk you can't even tell that's not real chicken right mm-hmm. at least in our head we believe that but the chicken eaters are like no we could very much tell that this was on nobody's farm trust me no and but listen not the way that I cooked it I don't care what nobody say but because I started making that change when people would you know invite me to go out places it was like oh let me make sure they have a vegetarian menu it was I didn't have to make this announcement people just saw you know again change is all it's encompassing and I feel like when people respect you enough and they value enough, they want to be a part of that change. Not necessarily that they need to change with you, but they just realize, you know what? In order to make room for you in my life, I have to accept this portion of you. And so my challenge to you on this phone call is because you know that these phone calls are what? Life provoking conversations like I want to I don't want to just amuse you or just say something like oh I learned something new about the butterfly today no that's not what we're trying to do I want you to hang up this phone and be like you know what I got work to do because we all do so I the challenge that I have for you on this phone call is to identify what part of your life are you fighting that you know needs to change but you're fighting you can go ahead and go down the scroll of why you're fighting it and have all the supporting documentation and facts from your life. I'm not interested. We're not building a case. What needs to be changed in your life? And then I want you to create three steps. I love the number three that you can apply to that area that will get the change. And it could be as simplistic as I really need to lose this weight. No, like seriously, like I'm not buying new clothes. I'm not doing A, B, and C. I'm just, I'm not. And I'm just at that place. I'm just, I need to lose this weight. So what's the three things that you need to go ahead and do? Because nine times out of 10, we know what to do. We just have not made the room or the commitment to go ahead and start that change. And change can be slight. You can just be like, listen, I'm not drinking no more caffeinated beverages. I'm not eating anything that snacks. And I'm going to get on a food regimen, meaning you can't just, I don't care if you eat one salad a day, that's not going to shed the weight. Your body's going to feel like, oh, I don't know when this person's going to eat again, so I'm going to just hold on to everything you eat. No, you need a balance of healthy, consistent food. So you need to be setting your alarm or whatever just to be snacking on stuff. You need to trade the snacks and all the other different things and just make healthy adjustments. Going to the grocery store with a list because you already know how you are. You walk past that house, all going in the cart. But you need to go ahead and just take out a certain amount of money and say, this is the money I'm spending on the healthy foods, okay? I'm going to make a smooth transition over. I'm not going to do a cold turkey because I'll be right back here um, drowning myself in all kinds of Dunkaroos and, you know, little Debbies, okay? But what's the part of your life that you are aware, that you are convicted, that you've been moved that, man, I really do need to change. Do, do you have a problem with standing up for yourself? Do you have a problem with voicing your truth? Do you have a problem with allowing the wrong people in? Do you have a problem with pushing the right people away? Do you have a problem with, like, literally identify, you know, it's a, it's a tricky word, but identify the problem, the area that's needing the change, and I want you to write down three things, three action steps that you can put forward that will make that change, that will initiate that.
I don't care if you have to Google the last one where you're like, I know, I know of one, maybe possibly two, but I don't know three. Then you Google, Google your problem and say how to get over or how to change. And then from the list of stuff, because you live in a very knowledge based area or generation, rather, we have so much knowledge and we apply so little. So go ahead and find something and have a three step change process and you need to change it because the worst thing in the world is to stay in something and be stuck and know how but you you don't do anything you know it's quicksand and you're just going to stand there that doesn't make any sense so go ahead I'm confident that you know what needs to be done I want you to go ahead and truly get into the metamorphosis of where God has you. Do not fight that change because in that change, God gives you the grace to go through it. You better not wait until it's like, all right, it's time to do something else. And then you late to the party. Change as you feel prompted and you will always be on time for what God has for you. And I feel like you got what you needed. And that's my good nanny says, all right. I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and get off your phone because you need it for the internet to go Google. Go ahead because I'm going to ask you about it again. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you later. All right. But don't look at me like that. Shoot. Later. <laughs>